doing. I'm going to go get those. My name's Michelle. I'm an addict. I'll talk loudly, or at least try to. Um, so uh, I'm really grateful to be here tonight. Uh, and uh, thanks to the programming committee for asking me to participate in this. Uh, speaking can be very intimidating, and so bear with me. Um, uh, the topic is why we stay. I'd like to identify a little bit and how I ended up in these rooms. Um, using, obviously, uh, I was introduced to the program of Narcotics Anonymous through a treatment center, and I'm forever grateful uh, for the H&I committee that came in to do a presentation um, it was my second day there. I'd never been uh, involved in a 12-step fellowship, and I went into treatment thinking I was giving up some of my drugs of choice, but I certainly wasn't giving up all of them because my life wasn't that bad. And uh, the gentleman that did the presentation that night uh, was able to um, articulate a way of life in Narcotics Anonymous that really resonated with me. And he shared about the fact that um, he always thought he was getting clean to learn to live, uh, to use like a gentleman. And when he said that, it really struck a, a note with me because that's exactly what I thought that I was doing. I had ignored for years that my using was the cause of my problems that I was having. I knew that I had a problem stopping uh, using, but it never occurred to me that I really had accepted that fact that I was going to need to stop. And whatever he said that night uh, really stuck with me. And I made a decision that I was going to try this program. Now, when I came in here, um, I was not somebody that completely understood that this was a 12-step program, and I talk about it today because I see a lot of it. Uh, we are a 12-step fellowship, and the whole point of our, our fellowship is to do 12-step work. It's about <coughs> doing the 12 steps in our literature. It's not about sitting in a chair and bitching about my life and never changing anything and continuing to do the same things over and over again and wonder why I'm still miserable. Uh, because if it was for me, if it was all about getting clean, I would have ridden off into the sunset and, uh, you know, I would never have had to worry uh, again. But that's not what it was. I continued to be quite miserable in the first several years of my recovery because a lot of my behaviors weren't changing. And I didn't know how to do that. And how I learned how to do that was to come to meetings and listen to other people talk about how they did it. And I wasn't good at that. I wasn't good at telling people that I was hurting. I wasn't good at telling people that I was struggling. And it took a lot of years to learn how to do that. Okay. And it took a lot of years to learn how to do that. And uh, I, you know, and I still struggle with it sometimes today. But because I have a guide in our in our basic text and, and in our step working guide about uh, working the twelve steps, I continue to use that. And you know, I thought that I only really had to do it once. And I've come to learn that as I do these steps over and over, as I do them with sponsees over and over, that they continue to mean different things to me in my recovery. So as I grow and as I learn more about myself, I'm able to apply what I see and, and the lessons that I learn in, in, in the meetings. And I won't do that in my own head. So as time has gone on, I can read a book. I can answer questions, and my sponsor can give me a gold star for the wonderful answers that I give out of the Step Working Guide. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is actually following through and doing the things that I write down. And I don't necessarily notice at first that I'm not following through on what I think that I need to do to change things in my life, and that's how my progression in uh, working the steps has worked. 
So why I stay? You know, I thought I came in here that this was going to be something that I would do for a little while and all would be well and I could go on my merry way. And I've seen what that does for other people. They come in here, they stay clean for a little while, they think they got this and out they go. But my problem isn't the drugs that I used. It never was the drugs that I used. It was about learning how to live life on life's terms and I did not know how to do that. And I still am not 100% on how to do that. I learn it little by little, and I learn it by other people who are all following the same program. I don't get that anywhere else in my life. I don't go anywhere where people understand what I'm talking about, and we're all working out of the same book, and we're all, you know, believe in this and are passionate about this and, and recognize how it changes our life. And as time has gone on, God has presented new people that I meet who share more and more about this program. And so, at about six and a half years clean, um, I was miserable. I was continuing to operate on self-will run riot. I was using everything else but drugs. And it wasn't working. And I find with myself, <coughs> as I continue to do things to fill a void, I always hit a wall. And then I looked for something else to fill that void, and I hit a wall, and I looked for something. That, that, that was the progression of my initial recovery. And so I got to a point where I didn't know what else to do. And I had dabbled a little bit in service, and I had, um, you know, I call it sticking my toe in, where I was a good girl. I went out and did things. This one out again. I went out and did what I was told to do, and I would, you know, be of service in my home group. I would be of service um, in, you know, I did a little bit of commitments and some H&I here and there and stuff, but I never really committed to anything. And it, was, it never occurred to me until I reached this point where things weren't working in my life. And I didn't know what to do. And I reached out to a woman that had a lot of clean time and asked her what I could do. And what she told me is not what I wanted to hear, but what she told me was that I was still full of self-obsession and completely self-obsessed. And I wasn't aware of it. And we walked through a bunch of stuff that was going on in my life and she said, well, why don't you try going out and doing some, like, some service work, committing to things, following through. She said, you might not find what you're looking for at first. You, it might take a little while to go through the service structure. Everything's not all about going to an area table. Service isn't just about going to one particular thing. We all have our niche. Some of us bring people together through activities. Some people are great at sponsoring. Some people are great at getting involved in conventions or region or all sorts of different levels. Some people are great at going into hospitals and institutions and engaging with people that are just being freshly introduced to uh, recovery. And that's why we all, we all have our own thing that we can give back in. And that was the one thing I wasn't doing. I didn't know how to give back. I didn't know how to do selfless service. A lot of the things that I did do were for my own ego, but I never really realized that at the time. So. I decided that I was going to start getting involved in service and how, you know, some of that uh, evolved for me was I started going to um, an area service committee and being introduced to what that is because it can be overwhelming to go in there. I had a skill set. Um, somebody mentored me into the treasurer position. I did have some experience with that outside of Narcotics Anonymous. And I started to learn about that and committing to going every month. Some months I didn't want to go. Some months I didn't feel like doing it. But I started to learn about commitment. And I started to learn about um, when I say I'm going to do something, i got to do it, whether I feel like it or not. 
and I started getting involved in uh, doing different things. Um, I had the privilege of being involved in three different conventions and different levels in that convention, and that was a lot of fun. And it was an epiphany for me after the first convention on the Sunday when we all circled up. And uh, we all circled up and we all, um, I looked around the room and in this particular convention, there, gosh, there had to have been about a thousand people that attended. And it was very overwhelming to know that I played a part in bringing this together, along with a lot of other people, but I played a part in bringing this together. And, and understanding that I was part of a bigger picture that had nothing to do with just me. And there was a lot of people that come to conventions especially, and they're, they're, they're introduced to a level of recovery that we don't always necessarily get. We don't all live in big urban areas. We don't all necessarily go to meetings with people that got tons of clean time or whatever. Not everybody in Narcotics Anonymous has that luxury in, in our country. Uh, you know, I, I remember looking for a sponsor at Six Years Clean, and there was nothing wrong with my first sponsor. I just wasn't giving of myself. Like I said, I was doing step work, I was going to meetings, but it wasn't really changing my behavior. And uh, I always, I, it was always my, like the, my higher powers um, got a sarcastic sense of humor, but I was really struggling and asking my higher power if I was on the right path. Everything that I was trying wasn't working, and I didn't know it at the time or realize it at the time that it was self-will run riot. And uh, I asked if I was on the right path. And it was a Thursday night. And I was just so full of self-pity. And the next day, I went to a medallion. And I wasn't even, I just went to the meeting. I didn't even know it was a medallion. And I walked in there. And that guy that had been at the treatment center on my second day that delivered that H&I uh, uh, presentation was in that room. And I nearly fell over. Because it was like, I hadn't seen him in six years. And the fact that I even remember who he was just blew me away. And, you know, that's how my higher power has spoken to me and um, telling me. And, I, and that's how I've, uh, I've learned. I don't learn this stuff sitting at home with my little brain going. Because uh, I come up with some really whacked out plans out there. And, and I've learned the spiritual principles of this program by being in service. Again, I never knew how to apply any of this, that stuff. I knew about resentment. I knew about character defects. I didn't know how to fix them by using spiritual principles. So all of this has been uh, an evolution for me. Uh, as our literature talks about um, that, the, the portion that uh, Morris had read, when it talks about we begin to understand, understand that spirituality is not just a way out. It is a way of life that will continue to bring in new gifts new possibilities and new awarenesses as long as we practice it. If we allow ourselves to be motivated not by fear of the past, but to hope for the future, we are as excited to move forward when life is good as we are when we are struggling. And I know for myself, if I just sit, continue to sit in my little world and I never reach out to the people, go to meetings regularly, my brain goes right back to that old cycle of thinking. I go back to the self-pity. I go back to not having any solutions to any problems that are going on in my life. When I go to meetings, uh, for me, it reinvigorates. I love the energy in the rooms today. You know, I love going in there. I love sensing the newcomer. You know, I love being there knowing that I'm giving back in gratitude. Because to me, it boggles my mind how one can come into these rooms, get clean, and then walk away. The one thing that got me clean, I can't even stick around to help somebody else. And I've always been inspired by people like Tony who keep coming back. Because they've taught me 
that I need to keep coming to this fellowship in order to continue to grow. Because I don't grow on my own. I just don't. I see it in my family of origin. I've come to see, uh, we've, we've gone through some struggles over the last couple years um, with uh, some family members and the reaction of other family members and it's caused some division in my family. Because my family's not in recovery. I am. And they're all looking at me every time this, you know, this stuff comes up because I'm the voice of reason while we're, while we're going through what we're going through. And that's not the way it used to be. We're a family of fighters. We yell and scream. Like, that's the way we handle things in my family. But that's not the way we handled this last um, crisis that we had to go through. And I was able to be there. As My brother's very, uh, very challenged with my niece and some issues that she's going through. And, it, and we can't stop it. And I've learned about unmanageability and, and powerlessness. And, and I'm learning how to, uh, to apply it to a situation that has absolutely nothing to do with drugs. And that's been very freeing for me. Uh, it's been very freeing for me that I don't have to control everything anymore. That does not take reading a book. It doesn't take a year clean time. And it doesn't take, you know, just sitting and never discussing what's going on in my head. I, I never learn how to process it. And, you know, my higher power introduced me to my sponsor that I have today. Um, it was just a prayer. I was looking for a sponsor. And I went to a meeting one night, and uh, she was the speaker. I didn't know her from a hole in the wall. I didn't know who she was. All I knew, I think, was her clean time. I think she was about 18 years clean at the time. And uh, she's turned out to be somebody that is involved in service, that has a very long and lengthy record of being involved in service. And uh, I've learned a lot from her. I've learned a lot from her. And uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that God has put her in my life. Because now I'm on a path. Um, I've had the privilege of being elected. Uh, so I started going to the region, started to get familiar with the region and, and how that operates. And I was encouraged to run for the alternate delegate position. And for those of you that uh, aren't familiar with region, those are the delegates that we send. And I'm in the Ontario region down to the World Service Conference that are involved in the Canadian Assembly. We met here this week. Uh, and we spend the whole week um, strategic planning on things that we can do to promote narcotics anonymous internally, externally. Uh, we were involved in uh, the, the public service announcements that went on TV this past year. And, you know, that, to me today, that's fulfilling. Fulfilling isn't going out and shopping for stuff. Fulfilling isn't running around chasing after men. Those were old behaviors that never made me feel good. What makes me feel good today is that I'm actually giving back. And I truly do believe that as a society, that, and that was God's uh, expectation of us, and for whatever reason, we're very disjointed from that today. And now I feel at peace. And it took a long time to feel at peace. And I don't stay at peace on a constant, stable basis. And I'm able to get back to where I need to go because I come to meetings. I've learned from my sponsor that just because I have so much clean time doesn't mean that I don't feel pain. Doesn't mean that I don't struggle with things. You know, we've had some challenges with my parents that I just did not know how to deal with. But I was able to come to the meetings and talk to other people that were, were in similar situations. And I was able to practice spiritual principles and not walk away, which is my go-to when I don't like something, is to walk away. I've learned not to handle life that way. I've learned to get along with others. I've learned to be compassionate with very difficult people. It doesn't mean I have to like them, but it means that 
it doesn't affect me internally the way it used to. My resentments are a lot less when I do step work. There's, you know, that list keeps getting shorter. But it doesn't go away because I continue to hurt people sometimes. Today, it's usually not on purpose. Like, it's, it's not something, it's my intentions sometimes don't equal my impact. And I've learned to take responsibility even when I don't intentionally mean to hurt somebody. I don't justify my behavior anymore. I don't minimize it. Well, I do sometimes, but I'm getting better at recognizing it. So for me, staying around um, has been learning how to grow. It's learning how to give back to the very program that has kept me clean and has given me a life. You know, I'm in a relationship today and it's not a dysfunctional relationship. It's a very healthy relationship. And I never knew or how to do those things. They were foreign to me. And, uh, you know, I meet so many women. I, I mostly know the women in the rooms. Um, that's who I hang out with. That's who I reach out to. And those friendships, like, I can't find that anywhere else. I can call people that I barely know and get their insights on how to apply our programs to stuff that I'm going through. And it just makes, for me, it gives me a way to figure out how to solve stuff. And sometimes solving stuff is just leave it alone. I didn't know that before either. And that's something that I've learned in here. And one of my favorite um, things that I've heard a speaker say, and I always like to share it before I close. Steps 1, 2, 3 will get me clean. And steps 10, 11, 12, and 12 will keep me clean. But steps four through nine will determine the quality of my recovery, and that quality of recovery is up to you. And with that, I'll come. Thank you.